0: Hello, I'm Melina Vega-DeTeniga, and this is an Ask Away podcast. We continue with a Q&A series focused on the dual pathway, rivaroxaban 2.5 milligrams twice daily and aspirin 100 milligrams daily for the treatment of PAD patients. Again, we have our two experts on dual pathway, professors Sebastian Debus and Rupert bauer Hi,
1: Melina.
0: <laughs> Hi, Melina. It's good to be here again. Today, in this podcast, we are going to analyze age. The fact is, we treat more and more octogenarians and even non with PAD. Not only crudication, but increasingly, especially in very old age, critical limb threatening ischemia. In our list of doubts about the dual pathway strategy, I would like to ask you about the indications and margin of security of the dual pathway in different age groups. So I assume the indication can be very liberal in young patients. Younger than 70 years?
1: If you look at the risk-benefit ratio in the young patients, they have a long time to develop their ischemic complications, and they have a very low bleeding risk. So it makes absolute sense to treat those patients. And you know those claudicant patients, they have a high risk profile, so they really have a big benefit. Yes.
0: So how about patients in their 70s? What's the net clinical benefit in this age group? Above 75
1: years in Voyager, we saw that the risk for major bleeding, yes, it was increased from 2.3 percent with placebo to 2.4 percent. So that's a minor increase. On the other hand, those patients above 75 years they had event rates of 21 percent, 21 percent ischemic complications, and that was reduced by more than four percent with reverse. So, so Again, in these older patients, they have a very high risk, and we see those patients every day. Again, I would be careful about the bleeding risk, but they have an even higher benefit.
2: Yeah, especially as the older patients usually have the far advanced stages of disease already. So the risk is much higher in those patients than in the young. But still, I think starting in the young, if they have the risk profile, it makes absolutely sense to start as early as possible. Is the benefit is accruing over time and over the years. The longer they take it, the higher the benefit.
1: I agree absolutely that if you are going to do revascularization in a person above 75 years, of course, you don't usually do it for chlorication. You do it for advanced stages. And these advanced stages, like stage 3 or 4, Fontaine's disease, they have a very much higher rate of complication. So they have a much higher benefit. They also have a higher bleeding risk, but I think it's important to try to do this dual pathway inhibition in these patients too. Yeah. I want to add something. Perhaps we have another opportunity to talk about that with the endovascular treatment about clopidogrel. If we decide for some reason that a patient needs clopidogrel, especially in these old ones, I would try to keep it as short as possible.
2: Yeah, but I fully agree. I mean, the data show this very clear that duration of this combination of clopidogrel with aspirin longer than 30 days really increases bleeding risk. Yeah,
0: I am particularly interested in the role of the dual pathway in octogenarians and nonagenarians, balancing the clinical benefit with the risk of bleeding. What are the data and your recommendations in this age group?
2: Well, I personally don't see any contraindication for this treatment in the very old patients. So the opticogenarians actually do have this high risk of events. They, of course, also have much higher risk for bleeding. But still, the data show that the overall net clinical benefit, even in those very old patients, is higher than the
1: risk for bleeding. And Sebastian, if we look at your daily practice, 80 years, 85 years, 90 years, that's our average patient. This is nothing special nowadays. And as you just pointed out, they have a very high ischemic risk.
2: Yeah, but Melita, it's good to point this specifically out as those patients, of course, have the highest risk and the baddest outcomes. But still, I think those patients really benefit from this.
0: This clarification will definitely help a lot of us in clinical practice. Sebastian, Rupert, it has been a pleasure, as always. Thank you for joining us here today. The next podcast on this q a series will be coming up soon.
1: I hope you join us uh, again next time. And Melina and Sebastian, thank
0: you very much. Don't miss it. Bye for now.
1: Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.